Thank you for joining us today. I'm Rich Savage with the Red Hat team at Kerasoft, and we're sitting down today with Chuck Svoboda, the lead transformational specialist with Red Hat, to talk about the role containers play in IT modernization. Chuck, to get us started, give us your definition of containers. So containers are a standardized packaging of apps, databases, whatever you could think of, that are portable, immutable, and provide isolation from each other. A lot of ways I like to think of containers as kind of like the new school RPM for the cloud uh, that can really run anywhere and provides a homogenous operational experience, at least on the outside. One thing that's important to understand, because I think there's a lot of confusion on it, containers are not an evolution of or a replacement for VMs in a lot of cases. Uh, because the UX is so different between a VM and a container, you really need to treat them a bit differently. And that's actually where I think a lot of folks get themselves into trouble, which is why I talk a lot about that, want to make sure that we bring it up uh, uh, directly. But, you know, Red Hat can help you with that. In your view, what is the difference between the virtual machine experience and the container experience? Well, if you've heard of the comparison of, you know, VMs to containers of, of, of pets versus cattle, is that, a, you know, a VM is traditionally, you know, very stateful, very persistent, um, you know, operators brag about how long their VMs stand up, whereas containers are supposed to be very ephemeral. You know, they can spin up and spin down whenever they want, right, with no interruption to continuity, uh, with no interruption to service or anything like that. You know, let's be honest, it's a gross oversimplification, but that's a big piece of it. And then so when you're building applications or services to go in a container versus in a VM, there's a lot of operational and development concerns taken into account. One great one that I always bring up is, you know, configuration specifically of endpoints and things like that you know, like hard-coded IP addresses, which is bad practice in general. But those absolutely do not fly in a containerized world, right? And again, there's many more that you can Red Hat can help you work through, but that's a huge difference, one that comes top of mind every time it's explained to a customer. What are some new and interesting facts around containers? So containers have traditionally been thought of, useful for rather, uh, cloud-native web applications, right? So think of like Node.js apps or something like that, right? Kind of greenfield uh, development. Um, where we're kind of going into now is a, is a, is a really kind of think about a Gartner hype cycle. We're kind of coming out of the trough of dis disillusionment, right? Um, and we're now applying, because those cloud-native apps are, are so few in number compared to the larger swaths of use cases, such as high-performance computing applications, uh, applications that need to use GPU, stateful applications and services like databases and message queues and things like that, um, edge computing, which is a really interesting use case for containerization. And then finally, you know, we do actually understand that you know, VMs will have a place in infrastructure for quite some time longer. Well, you know, containers are actually a great way to run VMs, traditional VMs. Uh, so you get the management aspect of, uh, or, or the benefits of a management aspect around a single pane glass or unified control plane for all your containers and your VMs. So you just run them all the same, basically. From your experience, what is the current state of public sector IT modernization? Sure. So 
I think in the simplest way I can say that is we're just scratching the surface. Uh, a lot of the conversations I'm in start with, hey, we want to adopt containers, which you know, I'll be the first to tell you, and I'll probably say it part of this podcast a few times that containers by themselves really don't get you anywhere uh, unless you, you know, modernize your you know, methods and practices around the same. So I think a good swath of public sector is still just focusing on, hey, let's put something in a container and call it modernized, right? There are quite a few agencies out there, particularly in DOD and some of the civilian like USCIS, that are much further and understand that true modernization, not only building new applications better, but modernizing existing legacy through the use of containers as a tool is the right way to go about it. Um, I think we have not fully around the corner, though. There's still so much more to do. And uh, we're, we're still a long ways about it. But, you know, it's a very exciting journey. So there's a lot of opportunity for agencies out there to, to do what they need to do to get to, to truly modernize and, and, and do things the right or new way. Okay, so how can containers help with IT modernization? Yeah, as I said, uh, uh, containerization by themselves doesn't get you much without adopting you know, new methods and practices, uh, specifically think about agile methods and practices to modern application delivery. Uh, just going out and buying a bunch of containers and throwing them at that, including your culture right, of these organizations, uh, doesn't get you very far. However, from a technical aspect, the things like the isolation, the immutability, the homogenous development and operations experience really enables us to, uh, or actually lowers the bar to adopting some of these methods and practices. So think about like Red Hat OpenShift, you know, as a container-based application platform with all of our development and operations and opinions on top of it to move fast, safely, securely, and at scale. Uh, containers are definitely an enabling implementation detail of that. And so I think at the end of the day, yes, containers are very helpful. They allow all this to happen, but really a developer should never see a container in a modernization experience. They should still just be able to, they should be able to check in their code and, 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 and let the platform handle the building of it the securing of it, the testing of it, everything else that needs to be done in a, in, a, in a modern CICD pipeline, and then just so happens that that all happens because of containers. Do agencies understand the distinction between modernization and containers? Yeah, um, I think actually it's funny, containers, as I said earlier, containers don't really matter at the end of the day, right? They're, they're implementation detail. They're a really important ones, so you need to do them right. Uh, but funny enough, I get brought into modernization discussions simply because they want to talk about containers. And then that opens the door for you know, me, me and my, my friends in the industry to kind of get in there and have a real discussion about what, what actual modernization uh, looks like. And a couple examples, though, for instance, uh, are, uh, as announced at, at, at Red Hat Summit a few weeks ago, is Lockheed Martin and modernizing uh, the F-22 Raptor by, you know, basically increasing speed delivery uh, to get uh, functionality, features, capability to the actual jet, the actual, you know, weapon system the, uh, from four years down to one. Now, we're doing that with uh, Red Hat OpenShift um, as an application platform, a development platform, 
using agile methods and practices derived from Red Hat Open Innovation Labs, as well as our traditional consulting uh, program uh, at scale, right? Now we're not definitely, we're not putting containers or even OpenShift for that matter on the airplane yet because you know, those, we're just not there yet. We're not ready to do that yet. Uh, but containers are a great way to accelerate the development and provide development guardrails for the development teams to move fast and, ra and rapidly iterate. Um, another great example is uh, USCIS uh, with, with basically their, their EDOC line where we're a line of business where we're actually uh, modernizing and, 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 and uh, completely modernizing and revolutionizing the way that all the documentation around immigration is being used. Right? Um, you know, which is a very sticky subject right now in the America we live in. And it's really cool to be able to be a part of, uh, again, this was announced at, at Red Hat Summit a few weeks ago, um, really cool part of providing a better, you know, way of life and a way of doing things uh, in a very stressful situation for folks who are trying to get into our country and actually act. So that's, that's pretty neat. Um, again, containers are just an implementation detail. They are, they are kind of a, think of a fuel as part of a, a modern application delivery lifecycle or pipeline, right? But they're not the reason, they're not the catalyst for, all, for, for, for it all happening. Um, you know, and the last one I'll say is, uh, example-wise, is a, a radar system um, that detects ICBMs, right? You know, that's a really cool use case that is, you know, really important to national security that we're leveraging, you know, Red Hat OpenShift and our consulting organization to Again, leverage the platform and everything to move fast, right? To do rapid iteration, to fully modernize and get uh, get this agency off of old, unsupportable um, mainframes that are just really have nowhere to go anymore. To sum up for our listeners, why Red Hat OpenShift for public sector? Given that this is you know public sector and there's all kinds of security and controls, accreditations, and things like that we have to worry about because in public sector, you know, lives literally depend on this stuff. Um, you know, I, I, I like to start with security, right? So Red Hat OpenShift runs on a battle-hardened operating system, Red Hat Enterprise Linux. And if you think about containers as a whole, containers really aren't that special. They're basically Linux kernel primitives. You know, I've been saying again, they don't really matter, but they, they do in terms of, you know, they need to be done right. And so everything that are the way that you run containers through Red Hat OpenShift inherits a lot of the security controls that are baked into Red Hat Enterprise Linux. Um, anyone who's been, you know, looking, you know, at modernization through containers, you know, really you can't throw a stone without, you know, hearing about a CVE or something uh, that was exposed to some sort of exploit. And there's several this year that actually came out in the past year that Red Hat OpenShift just wasn't affected because the other layers of, of security that we bake into RHEL that, again, OpenShift inherits, um, it's just not affected us. It's, just a, it's a basically completely moot point. Basically, the exploit that would happen inside of a container just couldn't break out because of the awesomeness of the defense in depth that's provided um, through RHEL that, uh, again, OpenShift inherits. Uh, another thing to remember, too, is, you know, OpenShift is 
enterprise-grade Kubernetes. Again, if you're doing containers, you're probably going to do Kubernetes. Uh, the other container management platforms that have been out for the past few years just kind of don't really matter as much anymore. Everyone's kind of gotten on board with this now with Kubernetes. And so understanding that, that Kubernetes isn't an app platform by itself is basically incomplete. We need to do a lot of other things to make it functional for production, things like telemetry, logging, uh, metrics, monitoring, you know, all the CMCS, things like that. Um, and you need an easier or a better way to do management through like a console, uh, both operationals and dev, and provide an, an easier development operation experience. Well, OpenShift comes with all that baked in, so you're not hand-rolling it, DIYing it, having to support it yourself on the Kubernetes platform, right? You know, a long time ago, I remember, I think this is, maybe this is not a long time ago in IT years, I guess it probably is, but 2016, we were at a conference, like, I remember someone said that if, if you were to roll your own platform with Kubernetes, hopefully you'd come out with something that looks like OpenShift. And I, I, I still believe that's true to this day. Uh, you know, another thing to think about too is that what Kubernetes is and what OpenShift is, it's a gluing together of a lot of really important um, open source projects. And each one of those open source projects has its own life cycle, has its own you know set of updates as they come out, and the management of that is really really hard, right? Well, with Red Hat OpenShift um, and part of our trusted software supply chain that provide from an open source perspective and curation is that we take everything and the upstream compile it and package it in such a way that makes it really easy to install and also maintain you know both day one and day two operations. Uh, so you don't have to worry about all the kind of the yak shaving that, that has to happen with running a, a Kubernetes-based platform. Uh, and then, you know, lastly regarding kind of on the operations of and support is that there's someone to call, right, if you need help. OpenShift and any other Kubernetes platform is literally like installing a cloud. It's, 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 it's compute, it's storage, it's networking, and a whole bunch of other stuff that is friggin' hard. And you don't want to do that on your own. And no matter what anybody tells you out there, unless you're running a managed service, your data center does not look like the reference architectures for any of the upstream open source projects. So, you know, calling Red Hat, which we've seen it basically at all, we can absolutely get integrated for you and help you support it. Uh, taking it up a level is that by leveraging Red Hat OpenShift, you get access to our consulting organization that has decades worth of agile software development uh, skills built in from building software, you know, some of the world's trusted software for Red Hat, for our customers, whomever, and bringing agile methods and practices such as Lean and XP, Scrum, Kanban, et cetera, uh, domain-driven design, test-driven development, pairing, et cetera. And that's how you get, you get access to it so that, you know, you can take those prescriptive CICD pipelines that we ship with, integrated with, all of the other trusted partners in the ISV community to deliver applications uh, reliably, repeatedly, rapidly, and with a with a good ROI.